Why don't you like this? I'm Seb. And I'm Molly. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by our love of yellow sticker bargains and Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost and terrible horror movies on Netflix and Hobo Johnson. But three years in, we've realised we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast is. Each episode, we'll be diving into a topic, exploring why one of us likes it and, more importantly, asking the other... Why don't you like this? This episode, we're going to be talking about Peep Show, the Channel 4? Yeah, Channel 4. TV show in the mid to late 2000s? It ran until 2015. Shit. It was the final season. Um, there were several years sort of in between some seasons where there weren't any episodes. But yeah, nine seasons starting from the early 2000s through till I think it was 2015 when the final season aired. I remember watching it. Okay, let's talk about that. We've been gone for a bit. Yeah, so going back a few weeks, it was my 21st birthday. Woo! Wow. Then me and Seb and the dog went to a shepherd's hut and stayed on a farm in Lisgard, which was alright. Yeah, it was alright. It's quite nice. Yeah, nice, pretty cold, pretty dark. No Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi. So we've kind of given ourselves a few weeks to kind of get back to how things are. Bear in mind, we did watch these episodes like... It's been, is it three weeks ago at this point? Yeah. Or two weeks? Like a few weeks ago. But you watched about five episodes, so you'd have sort of good knowledge of it. You said you'd watched a little bit of Peep Show before. Yeah, I'd seen some of the first season before. Okay. I think it was the kind of same time I kind of watched a few episodes of the UK office. Yeah. But I'd say in terms of like British TV shows, I don't really like... The big ones. No, you like some of them. You enjoy the in-betweeners. Yeah. The in-betweeners is a weird one, though. Yeah. The in-betweeners, to this day, I, if I met someone who said, I don't like the in-betweeners... Yeah, I suppose. You like... I think um, you're really weird. Black Books as well, and Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Both yeah, of which are British and Channel 4 But they're sitcoms. a bit more obscure than... I suppose. Like, I don't think anyone would know Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess we'll sort of get into it. Are you a Mark or a Jez? I'd say I'm definitely a Mark. Do you think? Yeah, I think... For me, I found Jez a really hard character to like. In what way? I don't know, there was something that just didn't seem sincere about him. Yeah. Like, he kind of annoyed me, and I felt like Mark was, like, quite a normal guy. And I actually felt like Jez pulled him down in the social ranks a bit. I suppose, but then, socially, Jeremy would be a lot cooler than Mark. I think the thing that is hard to realise when you're watching something like this, I feel like... Mark's a cool guy because he's not very cool. Yeah. He's so ordinary that, like, I can't imagine someone saying a bad word about him. I suppose, but for the most part, he's not particularly well-liked within the show. No, but I'd say the difference between him and Jeremy, he seems really sincere. He doesn't seem like he's got a nasty bone in his body. Whereas Jezza, this, like, really just seems, like, fake about him. 
Yeah, like I a suppose, bit like a poser. I suppose that's sort of an integral part of his character is that he thinks he's much cooler than he actually is. It's just weird. How old is he meant to be in the TV show? Um, so I think in the early seasons they're in their late twenties, and in the final season Jeremy turns forty. Yeah, I feel like even in the episodes that we watch, which are they from the earlier seasons? Um, uh, we watched a range, I think, from season three to season seven. Yeah, it seemed to me like Jeremy thought he was still in his early 20s. Yeah, I think that is very much part of the character, part of the point of him. I'd say the main characters we met, we met Mark, who I thought he just seemed like a normal average guy, which I guess is why I say there didn't feel like there was any points where I didn't like him. Yeah. Because he's just so average that I guess that's the whole point. Jeremy, like, I feel like he thinks he's cooler than he is. I can totally imagine Jeremy going to Reading Festival and thinking it's the best weekend ever. That crack guy... Oh, super hands. ...was literally the worst character I've ever seen in any TV show ever. As in, like, a badly written character or just a bad person? Badly written character, a bad person, and a really weird friend choice for anyone. What about Sophie? She's fine, she's a bit annoying. Seems like the person you'd place with Mark. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like a. It doesn't seem out of place for Mark to be with her. Yeah. Whereas it seems really out of place for Superhands to be friends with anyone. Well, for Superhands to be friends with Jeremy, Jeremy being a guy who thinks that he's really cool. But Superhands' thing isn't that he's cool. Superhands' thing is that he's on crack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you being an alternative male in your 20s doesn't mean that you're going to go down to the next homeless shelter and make friends with the person who's smoking a crack pipe. Yeah. Um, am I Mark or am I Jeremy? You're definitely Jeremy. Do you think? Yeah. I'm definitely Mark. So in our relationship, you're the Mark and I'm the Jeremy. Do yeah. Fair I enough. don't know who Superhands is in this, <laughs> yeah. in this situation. Maurice is Superhands. Maurice is super hands when he's making Seb do really bad decisions like take him for walks in the rain. So what was your sort of general, what did you think of Peep Show? So Peep Show, I remember when I first watched it and I thought, I don't get any of the humour. If you'd only seen season one, I skip season one when I'm watching it Is it, it not through. very good? I think season one they were still finding their feet. There's some good moments, but... For the most part, that series is quite rough around the edges. I almost always start at season two. I remember having really negative thoughts about it when I first watched it. How old would you have been? This would have been, like, probably seven years ago, I reckon. Like, I would have been, like, a teenager. Yeah. It was when Tumblr was really big. Yeah. And there was the thing that was going around, and it was from Peep Show, and it was the Times New Roman thing. I don't remember that. It's like something about Hitler in Times New Roman or something. They're like chatting and he goes, oh, that, or something about Times New Roman or something. And it was just a screenshot. You remember it used to be on Tumblr, you'd have screenshots of TV shows. It'd have like the one liner from it. Yeah, I wasn't that big into Tumblr, to be honest. Hi, Seb here with an editor's note. So it turns out that the quote Molly was referencing was Hitler promised not to invade Czechoslovakia, Jeremy. Welcome to the real world. 
I know this is like probably one of the most popular quotes from the show, and I do remember it being popular on the internet. Um, having said that, I don't know where she got the idea that Times New Roman was involved. So, yeah, it was big on Tumblr, and I remember thinking, oh, I wonder what that is, and kind of like just exploring it. Yeah. And thinking, this is just really not funny. And I think the same thing happened to me with the American office. Yeah. I remember watching it and thinking it's good, but I don't think it's as good as everyone else thought it is. Yeah. Apart from I really didn't like Peep Show. Watching it back now, I think it's got some, some like, substance to it. Yeah? The only thing that would make me actually find it hard to watch it was Super Hands. Do you think? I think he was such a flawed character. I don't know, he develops through the series. There's a while away sort of trying to kick the crack and goes cold turkey for a little bit and you find out bits and pieces about his life. Yeah, but I'm just not that interested in it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I like, it's just a plot line. It's like trying to make you care about a character I wouldn't care if Superhands died, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that sounds really bad. Yeah, no, I mean, when you do analyse him, he does seem very out of place. Cause I think I've seen certain places the uh, sort of the catchphrase for Peep Show is... They're two very ordinary weirdos. I feel like my equivalence would be, I'm pretty sure in Gavin and Stacey, I think it's Pete and Dawn. They're like friends with Mick and whatever the woman, like the mum and dad of Gavin are. They're like just friends of them. And they try and give them like story arcs. Like, Pete brings his gran over and she falls asleep behind the bar and stuff. It's like Pete, if they were trying to make Pete a main character. Like, Superhands really isn't a main character, though. But that, neither is Pete. But do you know what I mean? When they're trying to introduce I, a story arc where I'm like, he, I don't he care. He never really has story arcs either. He's generally just... He sort of is worked into Jeremy's story arcs for the most part. But he never has his own story that would focus on him. But I feel like the thing with the whole analogy of they're just two ordinary weirdos or whatever. It's really unlike a normal person to be friends with a crack addict. Yeah, that's... It's so... Do you know what I mean? Like, the whole rest of the tone of the show, even when he's, like, feels pressured into marrying thing... Sophie. Yeah. Like, I can kind of think, oh, you know, like, it is probably pretty hard if you've admitted that you're going to... Yeah. ...to go back on it. Whereas I'm like, how the fuck is he friends with someone who's on crack? In a normal British setting, where you've got a flat, you've got normal jobs in an office, why the fuck are you on crack? It is London. It doesn't matter. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is weird when you sort of step back to look at it. Like, I feel like if they took him out of the show... I don't feel like I'd be missing much. I suppose. And I feel like I'd be more inclined to actually continue watching it. Whereas I was even saying to you, it's actually painful. Yeah, it's weird. I think the thing with Peep Show is it kind of creates its own realism and you can dissect it and realise think it's not that realistic when it comes down to it. But I think the way it never breaks character, for the most part, you kind of accept the things that aren't sort of normal in real life as you watch it and you stop noticing them I suppose yeah maybe it would I feel like the main problem with this episode this kind of the sort of selection selection was five episodes didn't there's so many seasons yeah five episodes was such a small chunk do you know what I mean yeah like with only fools and horses when we watch like what three or four episodes yeah 
or however many, only fools and horses, it doesn't change that much. Yeah, I suppose the, there is a running story in Peep Show that changes you kind a lot of along need, the way. Yeah. yeah, like whereas in Only Fools and Horses, you know, gra- they live with Grandpa, then Grandpa dies, Uncle Albert comes to live with them, Dale gets married, Rodney gets married, Dale has a child, they have a miscarriage, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're not main points either. Kind of ro- rotates around the status quo. Yeah, whereas Peep Show, like, you were like, oh, well, Sophie's with Mark, but Sophie, they're not together... Sophie's dating someone else. Do you know what I mean? It was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, so when I was picking up questions for it, I asked on the Mitchell and Webb Reddit page for episode suggestions. Most people were suggesting picking a sample that would show the Sophie and Mark story arc because that, for uh, yeah. about half the show. So I tried to choose a couple from that and then a couple that would just show you episodes that I like, good character episodes. Which of the episodes do you like the most? I heard you laugh quite a few times at the Zone episode where they're stuck in the building and they can't get out. Oh, the one where, the one where they're, like, accepting their fate. Yeah. And they're, like, going under the stairs. Yeah, with the... And the pizza the as well. The pizza, yeah. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. You know, I mean, that's, like, not a really realistic thing that happens, but no. you just sort of buy into this... I think... The setting realism. is so good, though. Yeah. Like, the setting is what I imagine nice flats in, like, an area of London to be like. Yeah. It totally reminds me of the kind of set out for fresh meat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was written by the same writers, I think. But, like, the building. And I think the thing with that one, it was really successful in the fact that Whenever there's a small area, like a stage, like where there's a small yeah. enclosed space, I feel like the actors really have to like work twice as hard to make the space still interesting. Yeah. It's generally what's called a bottle episode. Episodes where there is no B story, it's all centred in one area with just the core characters interacting. Which is more interesting, like I find that a lot more interesting than super hands trying to get off the crack or whatever yeah even that that was like not even a b story that was a background to jeremy's story yeah it was just really annoying the whole episode i was thinking i hope they go back to the hotel room i hope super hands is dead do you know what i mean it's like not good when you just wish a character would just yeah it's like in um the new uh ricky gervais afterlife yeah. The kind of the druggie who in in like uh the guy who delivers the newspapers who gets uh Ricky Gervais hooked. Yeah. I cared more about when he died than I ever would yeah, for Superhands. Yeah, Superhands really just There's not anything there's not any it doesn't bring you back to like have feelings for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so I think I can totally understand why someone would dislike Peep Show. I think I can see it being hard to get into sometimes. But the people that like it really like it. It's got a really sort of core fan base that are really big fans. What do you think is about it that gives it such a cult following? I think the thing with a lot of British TV shows is the fact that it's British. Do you think? Because I can't imagine American people watching it with the same... I don't know. It has got an international audience. Has it? Yeah, I'm in some like peep show shitposting group on Facebook and that seems to be as many Americans as English. Yeah, I think the thing with it is it's interesting to learn about or watch someone else's life, which is like quite boring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sort of, I guess, 
the whole thing of them being ordinary weirdos is although they say and think outlandish things, they're not different from things that you or I might say or think. Yeah, it's totally like The Office. It's such mundane things that, mate, no joke, The Office was like, I would say, I would say probably my top TV show of all time. Was it your top TV show of all time before we'd gone through and rewatched no. everything together? No. When I first watched it, I wasn't even that keen on it. I kind of watched it and, like, kept up with it because I'd watched so much. I think I'd watched, like, six seasons or something. Like, a ridiculous amount. It's such a... Yeah, it's long, It's a long show. It ran for, yeah. what, nine seasons? It's such a commitment, though, isn't it? Yeah. Rewatching it back, like, I don't think I've ever cried as much. Yeah, it's the end I was literally Michael showed up again. When Michael showed up and he goes... Jim goes, sorry, Dwight, I can't be your best man. And then Michael walks out. I legit was bawling. And after it even finished, I was like to Seb, I actually, it's actually made me heartbroken. Yeah. It's not even, it's good heartbroken though. But I'd, so I'd say The Office, I suppose it's got a bigger cultural reach, but it does have a similar demographic of core fans that really like it. And so it can't just be the Britishness of Peep Show that gives it that sort of cult following. No, but I feel like it's just the mundaneness of it sometimes. Yeah. Them walking round, Sophie and Mark walking around the local area looking for somewhere to eat, and them looking at every menu of all the restaurants. Yeah. And then being like, oh, well, I thought you weren't keen on it, so I thought we'd just give it a miss. And then she's like, what do you mean I didn't don't seem keen on it? Because that's literally what me and mum are like when we're choosing a restaurant. But it's such a mundane thing and getting locked in, like, a place so mundane. I think it was good. I think it was plain enough that it kept me interested. But I felt like because it was quite plain, I noticed the things that stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Like his weird foreign exchange wife or whatever, Jeremy's. Yeah. Like, it just... Why? I suppose you were kind of dropped into that without any context. Yeah, I feel like maybe if it had been introduced to me slowlier. Yeah. Looking sort of beyond the scope of Peep Show and The Office, what do you think a show needs to have to get a cult following beyond just relatability? Because I'd say, like, obviously a show can be popular, but not all shows that are popular have cult followings. I mean, Gavin and Stacey is popular, but I don't think there are people that are as into Gavin and Stacey as the people that are super into Peep Show or super into The Office. I don't know. You say that, but I think that's because you're in that kind of fan base, whereas people fucking love Gavin and Stacey. I suppose, but I feel like it's more, for the most part, it's more surface level. Maybe. People grew up watching it or people like it rather than... A lot of people don't like it, but the people that do like it, like, quote it, and they meme it, and they reference it constantly. Like, you have peep show quiz nights in London, like, you don't get, you know, the IT crowd quiz nights or in between I reckon, quiz nights. I reckon you could get either of those as a quiz night. I'd say maybe Gavin and Stacey. It was BBC, wasn't it, Gavin and Stacey? Yeah. I feel like BBC TV shows... They haven't got the same connection. The Mighty Boosh, like, though, that was a BBC show, and that had a huge cult following. 
Yeah. I know we like to criticise the Mighty Boosh. But... I don't know, because I feel like the Mighty Boosh, if you were to talk to a fan who was apparently so into the Mighty Boosh, I feel like you could just pick their argument apart and they would not have a leg to stand on. What is not it, even that. What is it about the Mighty Boosh that you despise? Is it just the people that like it? I think the thing for me, what I don't like about the Mighty Boosh, is I feel like it's the obvious weird humour. Like, saying stupid words are oh, chicken-covered goose or something. It's like... Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why if, Why people are laughing? Is it the fact that people are laughing that grates you so much? Because there are other equally unfunny shows, but none of them seem to draw your eye the way that the Mighty Boosh does. I think the thing for me is Black Books and Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, they're both as, I don't know, kind of weird, like... Sort of absurdist. yeah. As the Mighty Boosh, but they just didn't have the same following. And I feel like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, it's the better version of Mighty Boosh. I don't know, it's, I, I'd say it's almost kind of unwatchable what? at some points. I don't know, it's so obtuse and deliberately, like, I don't know. There's something about it where it feels like it doesn't want to be easily accessible that's why i like it i suppose but if it was as popular as the mighty boosh would you still like it i don't know because i'd feel like it's got a kind of sense of humor where i don't know it feels to me like a uni student's student film what the mighty the um garth Marenghi's? yeah like something so weird and like I don't know. I feel like it's so abstract that, like... I don't know. There's just something about it. The thing that annoys me about Mighty Boosh is that it's got too much hype for what it actually is. Yeah. Whereas Garth Marenghi doesn't have any hype at all, which I feel like it's the better version of what the Mighty Boosh is trying to do. And I feel like even Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett, is it? Yeah. I feel like... Even they probably didn't want it to get to the same kind of level. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. Is it similar to 21 Pilots? Yeah, it's just kind of embarrassing. I can't listen to 21 Pilots since they got so popular. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I won't listen to them purely because they're as popular as they are. But but they were so good. This is the thing with 21 Pilots. They're so good back in the day. And even when I was a kid, like, watching Mighty Boosh, or, like, a pre-teen, like, teenager, it's just cringy. Yeah. Like, I can't watch it and it not be cringe. So does the level of fandom for Peep Show, is it justified by the fact that the show is good? I do think the show is good. Like, I did enjoy watching it and I could see myself, if you were like, let's watch Peep Show, I'd be like, sure. Whereas... Like, even the UK office, I can't imagine myself watching. Do you not think? It's just Ricky Gervais's face. You enjoyed Afterlife, though. I did enjoy Afterlife, but I felt like there was a sincereness about that. The same as Derek. Whereas I don't feel that the office was sincere. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know whether I would be able to go back and watch it the same way having seen the US office now. So I used to be very sort of, like, I know the sort of the cool opinion is to say, oh, the UK office is the better version of sort of the smart people's opinion, but it's not. It's not as nice as the US office. It's just, there's just something about it where it doesn't seem genuine. I feel like Peep Show, 
I feel like it's justified in how... How popular it is. Popular it is. Yeah. I'm glad you like Peep Show. I'm surprised. I think out of all the things I've shown you, this seems to be the one with the most positive response. Yeah, and I don't know why I would not like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I enjoy things where they're mundane. I think Mark is a good person. I don't know if he necessarily is a good person. I think he has a tendency to look down on people a lot. Yeah, but so do I. And I I wouldn't say I'm not a good person. I literally, every day I'm moaning about something. And I totally look down on people. It's just human nature though, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. We look down on 21 Pilots fans. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who you look down on. Yeah. If someone told me the new Captain Marvel movie was the best movie they saw this year, I'd look down on them. Yeah, no, that's true. Do you know what I mean? It's just a natural thing that you do. I don't know, I think there I think there are quite a few nasty qualities about Mark, but I suppose they're all very human. And I guess that is what the show comes down to, is ordinary weirdos. They're ordinary, they're human, and they're written to be very human. And I think, although Jeremy is a character, I don't enjoy him very much. I think mainly it's because I can see that he's a very flawed person. Yeah. More so than Mark. And maybe that's why I don't like Superhands, is because his flawedness is intensified. But I guess if that's your everyday life and you're addicted to something, you're going to be like that. Yeah. But I think Mark was the main one who I could like properly. It just seems like me when the muggers are coming after him. And they don't even properly mug him and they just go, give me your phone. If I was in that situation, I would totally fucking give them everything I own. You, on the other hand, faced with a mugger, you tell them, nah, mate, sorry, can you, can you not, can I talk that down a little bit? Um, all right, we're going to take a break. And after the break, I'm going to talk about the time that I was kind of mugged. And we're going to talk more about other shows with cult statuses and how you feel about them. <laughs> Before we start, we want a quick word from one of our sponsors today. So you may have heard about Jamie Feastus riding 600 miles for Heart Radio to save some dying kids or something. I don't know what he was actually cycling for, but people, he was crying on his bike and like people were proper buying into it, proper giving 10, 20, 30 pounds for these apparently small charities, which I don't have a fucking clue. I couldn't name one. I bet they're not even listed charities. But anyway, this one comes from Jamie Feastus. I mean, he's not directly linked to this podcast. He's not indirectly or directly or any link to this podcast He's at never all. heard of this podcast. He's never heard of this podcast. I don't even know if his name's Jamie Feastus. Fe- I- Feakston, I think it is. Feakston. This one's for you, Jamie. So I was thinking... Are thinking, here's a few things that I don't know if I strongly believe or believe at all that the Earth's round, global warming, it's a joke, and maybe there is no moon. We don't know. These are things that, you know, people on the internet say the Earth isn't round, it's a pear shape, or that it doesn't even... I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. These are things I don't think anyone can really know. No one knows. Anyway... Jamie Feastus, Feaston, Kingston, Sean Kingston, maybe both of them at the same time. This one is for you guys. I have signed you both up to do a sponsored cycle 
to the moon so we can find out was the moon landing faked is there a moon what happens if you ride off the side of the earth and can jamie finkston make more than half a million pounds for some unknown charities why has he got how is he going to cycle to the moon mate if the earth is flat yeah. it'd be fucking no problem we get um, some propellers landed on the back or like a catapult Get his bicycle, we pull him back and pling him off onto the other flat moon. I don't think you really understand how flat earth theory works. I don't really know at all. There's a, there's supposedly a big ice wall around the edge, just why the water doesn't fall off. Yeah, exactly. So we fling him up, but we What's fling him upwards. No, we get the catapult, we drill into the centre of the earth, pull it back so oh, he's okay. got so like a bit of a skid. We just ping him back. Okay. But he did. How many miles did he do? He did 650 for some unknown kids are dying charities that where he fake cried on his bike. He also went to Fanny's Cafe. And I don't know. He just made some old biddies actually stop their car on the motorway, park up in the fucking emergency lane and donate 30 quid on the spot. I mean, Sean Kingston, beautiful girls, was a tune. You know, he could help us pull back the parachute. What what was it? The bungee cord. You know, we've got to find out whether... Is the earth flat? Is the moon flat? Did Lance Armstrong really go to the moon? Mate, that is actually a good shout, though. Lance Armstrong. Isn't that... Is it Lance Armstrong the guy who went moon? No, Neil Armstrong. Well, Lance, Lance Armstrong's the cheating cyclist. Yeah, exactly. We get him on the go. He can be the second Armstrong that didn't go to the moon. Yeah, what if he gets jacked up trying to get there on his steroids? We can't have that in a charity event. Mate, doesn't matter. It's a charity event. If we don't have to pay for the drugs, he's donating to charity. I suppose, yeah. So we got... Um, have we got a number to call... To donate. Yeah. The number, and you've got to quote the num. You've got to quote, beautiful girls. Oh, followed by the hash key, followed by beautiful girls 10. Or if you want to donate £20,000, or even £30,000, text beautiful girls 20... And 30. I think I'm going to bleep out the phone number I just said, because that was my phone number. Yeah. I got almost mugged one time. And this wasn't on the mean streets and Penzance. No, this was in the souks of Marrakesh. Marrakesh is laid out like a weird maze. It's really hard to find your way around. Um, so what the kids will do is they'll walk with you for a bit. They'll sort of pretend they're guiding you around, and then suddenly they'll turn to you and ask for money. Sort of low key robbing you. There's part of you that thinks, okay, maybe they're doing you a favour, you give them the money, they'll show you the way out. But I think really it's just a way to mug people without them realising. Um, so I'm walking with this kid, he says to me, okay, 200 dirham, which is the equivalent of about 20 quid. I thought, well, I don't want to give this boy 20 quid. So no, I, no. Just, come on, come on, you give me money, 200. No, 200. No. And he sort of pulls out a knife, waving it around a little bit. 200. No, I haven't got 200. 200 no give give me your watch no i need my i need my watch to tell the time i think i said to him i'll give you 20 which is the equivalent of like two quid 
And he said, no, no, more, more. I was like, no, no, that's all I got, that's all I got. And eventually I managed to negotiate him down to just accepting the two quick. He got sick of arguing with me. So that's my general response in a mugging situation. Which, when Seb first told me this, I go, I'm shocked to hear that you're even alive today. Because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of anyone doing. Didn't want to give him 20 quid. Yeah, but my first reaction isn't when someone's got a knife to me to go, nah, mate, come on. I didn't want to be, give... be more reasonable. <laughs> I didn't want to give him my watch either. Be more reasonable. I know you've got a knife and all that, but I can see you're an honest guy. I can see you enjoy making an honest living. Go on, mate, cut me a deal. <laughs> cut, literally, cut me a sweet deal. You still got a free two quid. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. Jamie Feaston raised half a million pounds, and he only walked. He only cycled six hundred miles. So, mate, he probably walked with you two miles, and you're saying that's worth two pounds. He didn't walk me into the centre. He walked me just further into the impossible maze that is Marrakesh. But anyway, I'm just saying. If someone was nice enough to walk me two miles or however far he walked you, how long were you walking for? Five minutes. Well, probably, unless you're Jamie Featston, it wasn't two miles, was it? No. I mean, he can do that in 0 to 60, 3.9 seconds, and Jamie Feaston has gone from fucking pool market to the other end of England, and he hasn't even asked for a dime, and someone's already crashed their car on the motorway, because they're trying to donate to him. What's your response? You're walking down, the, down through the underground. Give us your phone. Give us your wallet. I would legit probably piss myself there. I would probably go, please don't shoot me, sir. He's not even got a gun. He's not got anything. I throw in my phone. I throw in my wallet. I give him, you know, my bike while I'm at it. Ask if he wants your sketches. Do you want my sketches? I don't mind walking home on my own with no shoes. I'd give him whatever. Mate, Mark handled it like a respectable man. Catch me on the floor begging for my life. They haven't even said it. They've just called me a dickhead. I'm on the floor crying for my life. Take my wallet. Take my phone. You know, can I get you anything else, sir? A drink? A cocktail? I've got a car. Do you need somewhere to go? Everything's gone at this point. You are like, what the fuck is going on? I know you want her phone and her wallet. I've got a 20 pence piece on your way, son. Come on, that's a fair trade. (laughs) Fair trade. I would legit probably start crying. So, according to you, Peep Show is worth its popularity. The Mighty Boosh isn't. Yes. Um, So I've got a list of other ones. I'm going to run through them. You just give me a quick, are they worth their popularity while others popular as they are? The Big Bang Theory. Why is it as popular as it is? Why is it popular? I don't know. It's awful. And that bazingled or whatever it is, you being bazangled. What is it? Bazangled? Bazinga. What does that even mean? It's like, got him. Does it mean you got pranked? Kinda. It's just bad. Doctor Who. Does Doctor Who deserve to be as popular and as have the following that it does? I don't know, Doctor Who's pretty good. I feel like the thing with Doctor Who is... It is it as good as its popularity would suggest? Probably not, but everyone's grown up with it. I think that's yeah. a thing that not many TV shows have that same... Not every, Like Scooby-Doo. Everyone grew up with Scooby-Doo. Yeah, in, in some form or another. Do you yeah. know what I mean? 
I do like Doctor Who. Um, Sherlock. I've never seen Sherlock myself, but I know it had a rabid fan base when it was on. Yeah, I used to really like Sherlock. Why did it have that rabid fan base? Because everyone thought Benedict Cumberbatch was fit. And then that, you know, whatever his name is, Bo- Bilbo Baggins or Martin whatever. Freeman. That stupid little man. I don't know why. In retrospect, did it deserve the popularity and the cult following that it had? I don't know. Like, it is a well-made show. Yeah. And I guess it's it's interesting in the fact that every episode is, like, an hour and a half long. Which is just, like, a movie series. Yeah. You don't see that very often. So, I guess it it breaks the mould. It It's essentially it does every episode different, doesn't it? I mean, I never saw it, but... It was alright. Um, How I Met Your Mother. That one, I literally... is the same as Big Bang Theory. I feel like it's the same kind of humour... Yeah. I think the thing with Big Bang Theory that pisses me off is this kind of, like, nerd... Oh, I love nerds. Like, everyone being, oh, my God, I want a Sheldon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, people... I just, like... He's not a nerd. He's just a fucking weirdo. Um, The IT crowd. Because I'd say of British sitcoms, I don't think it has as much of a core fan base that's still as into it as Peep Show. But I think, for a general audience... A lot of people like it a lot. Yeah, I think IT Crowd is one of the things where, you know, I did watch... I've watched it back when I was younger. Yeah. Or, like, a teenager, and I still, to this day, enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like it's got really... There's a few moments where, like... Like, when they've got the fire, and they're, like, sending emails to say, Help, there's a fire in the building. Yeah. We're gonna die. Please send help. It just seems like such a thing that I'd probably do. Yeah. I know it's kind of a conversation for another time, but I think ever since I found out about the guy that created the IT crowd and Father Ted and Black Books, which I found out very recently, I don't know whether I could go back and watch it in the same way, knowing the kind of person that he is. Yeah, but he's just a dickhead, and people are dickheads, and... You know, I'm not going to stop watching Harvey Weinstein thing because Harvey's a dickhead. I suppose. I mean, it's kind of... A, it's just a bit hard, isn't Yeah, it? it's its own conversation. But does it deserve... I think it's really good. Yeah? You know, I actually think... I feel like the difference between that and Big Bang Theory, they're kind of nerdy, but they're not... That's not the selling point of it. Do you know what I mean? The selling point isn't that they're nerds. I suppose it's the writing that's the selling point. Yeah, it's like... The Office, but for people who are yeah, I think, a bit more like alternative. I think the IT crowd's probably the closest UK equivalent to The Office. To yeah. the American Office, at least. More so than the UK Office is. What about The Inbetweeners? Because I think for people of our generation, The Inbetweeners, for British people who are probably now in their 20s, will be the biggest TV show of our lifetime. I literally cannot fault The Inbetweeners. I think... It deserves the hype it's got. It's got a really... Every... If someone told me they didn't like it, I'd be like, what the hell? I I think it it has a few flaws in the way it's written, I think. But not enough to make someone not like it. Yeah. I feel like probably maybe if you're about ten years older than us, you wouldn't understand it. Yeah. I feel like it's very... Even for me, I feel like maybe I was a bit before the time of it. Whereas I feel like you would have been perfect age. Yeah. Growing up the same age as Will and stuff. 
yeah, just like a couple of years younger than they would have been. And it show, would have been yeah. different for me as well growing up down here where yeah, you don't like have parties and stuff, grew really. Up in a f- fairly similar sort of places then. Yeah. So, in between is worth its cult following? Yeah, definitely. Um, a few other quick ones South Park. No, absolutely not. Why is this show not being cancelled already? American Horror Story. I think, although American Horror Story is very flawed, some of it's uninteresting things, it's a good show. It's well made, well acted. The set designs are, I can't, you know, you when you can't fault it when something's not even, when you're looking at a critical eye, there's not really any problems with it. Yeah. Um, friends. Because Friends, oh. beyond having the, a cult rabid following on the level of The Simpsons and Harry Potter, it's one of the biggest cultural exports in the world. The f- the whole Friends thing, I don't understand. The characters are assholes. It's not funny at all. I don't know whether it just goes by me, but I could not sit through an episode and not want to kill myself. Uh, Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad was pretty good when I watched it. But then I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. That I don't know whether it is. Like I can't imagine it is. It's as good as people thought it was back in the day. I suppose, but I think it came about at the right time. It was when... the same. Like it was like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, and there was another one, wasn't the Sopranos, there? Sopranos, The Wire. No. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. It was like those three, wasn't it? At the same time. Um. So I guess ultimately. They're all quite disparate things, and TV shows are all quite different, but what does a TV show need to have to get a cult following? Whether it's the kind of cult following that you'd approve of, or the kind of thing that you'd hate, what does a TV show have to do to have a really passionate fan base? I guess you've got to have relatable characters, either that or characters that are so ridiculous that that becomes the punchline. American Horror Story doesn't necessarily have ridiculous characters and that has a rabid fan base no but people relate to like violet in the first season yeah you know yeah i suppose you see those normal people scare me shirts everywhere everywhere i think even if it's not if it's like a flawed tv show set designs and stuff like that can really make a difference i don't think people talk about that enough but i feel like the set designs in american horror story the location settings, the outfits, it impacts the show yeah. in ways you wouldn't think. Like, you know, Coven, the big ridiculous witch scenes where they're all in black, they're burning someone at a stake. It's Im- impactful. So I guess, I guess what we could take away is that to have a cult following that cares so deeply about something, it needs to either... Be incredibly relatable or... Be so far-fetched that... Or just incredibly good. Yeah. I don't know if it even needs to be incredibly good. No. I think far-fetched, really relatable, really good, or almost like nostalgic, like... Something you grew up with. Mm. What would you give Peep Show out of 10 as a series from based on what you've seen? I'd give it an 8. An 8? That's really high for, for anything that's been discussed on the show. As I said earlier, the main things that make it an eight rather than higher. Superhands. Superhands. Jeremy is an unlikable, flawed character. Yeah. Um, 
Even Sophie a bit annoys me. Yeah. Cause she just seems mean-spirited. You like it a lot. Probably more than any other thing that I've shown to you on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, the final question I want to go out on is, um, was Mark the bad guy on his wedding day? I think for Mark, marrying Sophie has a lot to do with being a man and probably his view on manhood growing older. Because later on in the show, what he did on his wedding day really affects him. Everyone in his workplace turns against him. Do you think the way that he acted on his wedding day makes him a bad person? No, I don't know, because Sophie did the exact same thing and you won't be saying about Sophie... I guess the way he went about it, flipping a coin and stuff. Yeah. But then, I guess for him, his life is so mundane that, like, he can't make big decisions by himself. And Jeremy doesn't really offer him the same help that he kind of needs. I think looking at it from a rational point of view, probably for him as a man in his, like, late 20s to early 30s, that's the kind of thing that's expected of you to get married. And it normally is to the first person who seems alright. So I don't think it makes him a bad person. I think he probably would look back on it and think, why did I marry her? But why can't the same question be asked about Sophie? I guess Sophie didn't hide up in the chapel while everyone was expecting her to be there. No, but she was crying when they got married, which I think was as bad. Yeah. I think he was just scared. It's a scary day and they don't really, in terms of things... People don't really talk about men being scared before their wedding day like they do with women. So I think it raises important it like questions about manhood, growing older, doing what's expected of you. Molly's a total mark. So this episode was undeniably a win for me. I don't think you've ever liked a thing I've showed you on the show as much. What are you going to come back at it with? So keeping on the kind of same thing as British comedies I'm gonna go to maybe the slightly more tacky version of a British comedy Gavin and Stacey do you think I'll be turned round? I don't reckon you will because I don't reckon I reckon you've got too much pride to admit that you like something as simple as Gavin and Stacey but I reckon I reckon it shows two different ends of the kind of British humour spectrum. Yeah. I reckon re-watching Gavin and Stacey back, though, could be a bit of a white chicks moment for me. Do you reckon? Well, I don't feel like it's as good as it was back in the day. All right, well, that'll be an interesting one. Um, So we took a couple of weeks off. Not only did we go on holiday, I've just been quite busy with being a professional illustrator. But I'm going to try and be more consistent with our upload schedule try and be back on that sunday upload if we can yeah but it's quite hard we've both got full-time jobs we're not getting paid to do this even jamie theakston won't give us money yeah how the hell did jamie theakston win not half a billion pounds he's not going to give any to us yeah how the fuck did he make half a trillion pounds in the first year with his start-up company come on mate give us your phone (laughs) Give us... Give us your phone, give us your wallet. (laughs) Um, Anyway, if you see me in the streets in the next few weeks, try not to mug me, because I probably will piss myself. So yeah, that's the end of the episode. Have a nice day, have a nice evening, 
this night. Have a nice morning if you listen to it this morning. Try not to get stabbed. show's opening theme song, Bicycle Weather, as well as its closing song, Even Pinker, performed by Pickle Darling. The album Bigness is available now on Z-Tapes Records. You also heard an extract from Flagpole Sitter, performed by Harvey Danger, better known to some as the Peep Show theme song. <laughs> 